ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. Today, we get to the original trilogy of Star Wars. We get to watch, well, so I watched the 1997 special edition, the Blu-ray version of Star Wars, surnamed A New Hope. Um, originally came out as Star Wars in 1977. And I'm entirely looking forward to talking with Alex Duwehi about said Star Wars film. Alex, welcome back, and is the Force with you? Thanks, Nathan. Yes, the Force is always with me, except uh, apparently when I try to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard something out of it. Okay. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way. The Force is always with The Force with me. is with me, except not with my tongue. I always carry quarters. <laughs> Oh, so yes. what, you, what you been up to? Oh man, just been chilling. I've I've actually had quite a bit of time to play uh, video what? games lately. Yeah, time. it's it's weird. I'm not sure. I'm give not give sure me some of that about this. I I grabbed a new monitor because my old one was getting. Well, What'd you get? Janky. I got a I got the 27 uh, inch BenQ monitor that MLG uses at their events. Um, it was very reasonably priced. I got it on sale on Amazon. You know, MLGs. It's too much like MSG. <laughs> just leaves a bad aftertaste. It just <laughs> makes you feel not very good. Your stomach just doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, but I I am surprisingly happy with uh, with my purchase. I usually don't spend that much on Wait, monitors. Surprisingly, so yeah, because uh, okay, Wait, first why of all, why would you buy it? With, you wouldn't buy it without the intent of being happy with it, right? You're I'm, not like, uh, I'm gonna would, buy this. Oh, I like it. I <laughs> usually have my two or three brands that I stick to. So I went out on a limb and I got a, I got BenQ, and I know BenQ has a good you know reputation. So I'm but, getting all these. Ben Q sounds like Ben 10. But <laughs> that TV show. You got like a little wrist on your thing. And you're like, high death mode, yay! Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 27 inches. Uh, I, I normally was used to playing on 21 and a half. So That's what she said. 27 <laughs> inches is. Uh, I'm very happy with it. It looks great. Um, I'm just going to keep ignoring the comments <laughs> that are coming over here. But, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of time to play uh, Destiny, of course. Destiny. Star Wars Battlefront. There's Madden so much to play. It's ridiculous. My mind is exploding, and, and I only play a few games, you know what I mean? And my mind is exploding. There's so many games that are out that I want to try, but with the limited time, well, except for, you know, recently I've been getting settled in and everything, so even with the time that I've had, I just want to focus on the games that I know I love and just and work on those, but... Uh, been really nice we started up our connected franchise again part two uh, part two i'm the bucks this year one and oh how about you i you... am the rams two and oh two and oh oh so we're on week two all right so it looks like i'm you already fall behind gonna go home and uh <laughs> play my week two game then um but yeah battlefront has uh, been keeping me entertained quite a lot i'm i'm very happy with it it's it was uh really difficult for me to get my Star Wars fix because I'm so anxious for the new movie to come out. But Battlefront helps me with that There's a lot. a lot right now that can help satiate your wait for Star Wars. Like, yes. Obviously watching the movies. Oh, that um, makes it so much worse, though. <laughs> but it's building it up. It's a, a pace, right? Yes. And then we got Battlefront. We've got all the comics. we got the books. we got a lot of good Star Wars content mm. right now. And I still have to watch all of Clone Wars or most of Clone Wars. Rebels. And then I'm, I'm uh, halfway through Rebels, so... Well, actually, a little over halfway now because they just started the second season. Yeah. So I'm. So you finished the first. season? I'm pretty close to finishing nice. the first season. Yeah. Very cool. But uh, 
other than that, I mean, I haven't really been watching too much, uh, too many TV shows. We're still going through American Horror Story, which is good. And uh, I think we watched uh, Inside Out the other night for the very first time. I How never, was that? What, I, I actually really enjoyed it? it. Yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it. It's scale um, of uh, one to ten, would you give it? On a Disney scale of one to ten, or just a movie scale of one to ten? Movie scale. Okay, I would say it's a seven, right? It's, it's missing some things that I like in movies, like you know, it, it kind of action. It, not really suspenseful or anything like that, but for a Disney movie, it's very good. It's probably a 9 out of 10 if uh, you're in the mood for a Disney movie. So in your opinion, what's a 10 from a Disney? A 10 from Disney? Oh, jeez. Maybe like Toy Story 3? I like Aladdin a lot. Aladdin? I thought Aladdin was a 10 because okay. it's got... You know, it's got action. It, it appeals to a guy as well as a girl and, and uh, an adult as well as a child. It really is a whole new world. It's a, a different... Point of view, Man, you're just going off today on these, aren't you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend if somebody's in the mood for a Disney movie and they're uh, kind of concerned because it's uh, a new, you know, all new characters, all new story for Disney, and it's it's good. It's a Disney Pixar movie, so very good. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I need to watch that at some point. Was that on Netflix or did you rent that? Or? I rented it, okay. and I always get it and Pixels confused. Oh, and there was another one that I, I don't think even was want thrown to watch in there. I, okay, I might try Pixels on Netflix when it comes, but man, I just I have no desire really to watch yeah. that movie. The I, trailer the gamer, makes me want to watch me, it, yeah. but then you like you like I was reading about it and I was getting ready to start it, and I'm like, I just have no motivation to watch this movie. Did you rent that? Yeah, physically. Yeah, you paid money. I did. <laughs> it, I saw Pac-Man on the cover. I got confused. I waka, just, waka, yeah. waka. <laughs> but. Uh. Uh, yeah, other than that, that's that's pretty much what I've been up to, just getting ready for the holidays and uh, Star Wars season. It's Star Wars season. I think we should have, like, the Palpatine version. It's Star Wars season. <laughs> um, so I guess that it's my turn to talk. Yeah. yeah I'm going to take it down a little bit. All right, taking it down. I watched a show on Netflix called Marvel's Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. How was I, it? Have you seen Daredevil? Yeah. Marvel's Dare, yep. Daredevil. I saw the first season. I don't think they've got the second one yet. haven't done a second one yet. So it's in the same Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's actually set in Hell's Kitchen as well, too, correct? Yeah, but not... Like, Hell's Kitchen was a big theme in Daredevil. Yeah. In this, it's just like the city... Like, it's Manhattan. Like, But it's not a character like it was in Daredevil. Okay. Um, Do they have crossover between... Daredevil and Jessica Jones, or what's the time frame here? Is is the stuff that happened in Daredevil going on concurrently, or so they're both in the same kind of time frame because Daredevil happens after the Avengers, and so does Jessica Jones because they reference the event right with aliens come in. And I'm not going to get into spoilers for Jessica Jones here. We might do a, a show dedicated to that at some point, but um, overall, I'll say this is that. They felt like at times they were edgy for just because they could be. Now, I haven't read the Alias comic that it's based off of, but I know that kind of the, the character portrayal of Jessica Jones is such that was in that comic, which is fine. But man, um, she drinks a lot more than I ever would. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's for one thing. <laughs> and it's just... And they focus on that a she's, lot? They they do just because that's that's her. 
she's a broken character. Like she have stuff that happened in her past, which kind of has turned her into this broken character. That you just you're you're going along this journey with, and you really want to see her succeed or turn around, right? Sure. So, the the character, the casting was excellent for Jessica Jones. Uh, Kristen Ritter, I think, is her name. Okay. Really, really well casted. Uh, also, Trish Walker was good casting, and uh, David Tennant plays the, a, a character, the villain. He is probably the most interesting Marvel villain in the MCU. So it's. It's worth watching. It's very adult, very adult. very. It's even more so than than Daredevil was. Like in a in a dark really. way. Not necessarily in a dark way, but it, yeah. I mean, so the the tones are definitely darker, um, because just just the situations that happen. Sure. What's portrayed on the screen, as well as how the characters deal with it. Okay. And. It's just a lot of, uh, I guess you could call it, quote-unquote, adult content. I don't know. Sure. But it's definitely a, a more mature audience. I wouldn't want, like, if I was to show my, I would show my, like, I have a nephew. I would rather he watch Daredevil before this. And okay. Daredevil was still pretty, you know, intense. Yeah. At parts. But this is just on a different level. Okay. And I understand that a lot of people are really liking it and enjoying it for, for that factor. In my opinion, it takes a step out of the Marvel Universe and feels disjointed from the rest of the canon that it is. Um, and I, I get that you build a world and you want to have all these aspects of the world to be, to be parting together, but, man, it just it feels completely different from anything else that they've built in the Marvel canon. Hmm. So that's my two cents on Jessica Jones. Okay. Worth a watch if you're if you're wanting to to watch the Marvel Universe stuff. It's on um, my list, but yeah, I mean it's it, the acting is really good and story. The story has good good story, good culmination at the end. Really, is it fast paced action wise, or does it really focus on character development? Focuses a lot on character. There is action. There's not a ton of action. Less um, than Daredevil. Probably yeah. Okay. Because I'm not yeah. I, I'll save any further comments for a, a full discussion on it sure. after you've had a chance to watch it and after our listeners have had a chance to watch it because that way we can kind of go in more of a discussion on what we thought of how things happened. Okay, yeah. The other thing I've been watching, uh, I haven't completed this yet, but I am, I think, seven or eight episodes through, is the Amazon original The Man in the High Castle. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. This I would really recommend, especially if you're a fan of dramas that are interesting so this the premise is it's uh, like 1960s after the war world war ii was won by the axis powers so germany won and japan won and they kind of divide the the continent of the united states uh north american continent there they divide it between those two countries so it's an interesting story about how, how life would be in that kind of era and how people are trying to change it and kind of remembering how things were before the war and things like that. Really interesting concept. It's based off of a book by Philip K. Dick, uh, who also did, like, Minority, Minority Report. Um, and it's it's really... that's It's very interesting. They... It's a good drama, I would say. So if you're, if you're interested in kind of 
checking out alternative timeline kind of stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, it says alternate history. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I do have Amazon Prime, so I assume all the episodes are... You said they're in the middle of the season? The or... whole season dropped on Friday. Okay. So the whole first season. Um, and I'm sure there'll be maybe other seasons if this is successful. But like I said, I haven't gotten to the end of this yet to see if it's like a complete story. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. that lately, dropping seasons at a time. And I prefer that, honestly. Me as to, well. To... Like, the, the the TV model that we have now, where you've got to wait a week between each episode, it's so antiquated, right? And, and now they're doing, which it makes it even worse, now they're doing, like, the hiatus, like, mid-season hiatus. Yes. That is awful. I don't want to have to watch one season over a span of six months. I just don't want to do it. So I really like the model that they're dropping, you know, premium content all the, the entire season, even if it's only 12 episodes. 12 good episodes is better than... Six months of 22 episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it, they're doing that. It keeps your focus, right? Yeah. And you're able to follow what, the, what is happening. Because if you, especially with these hiatus that they put in the middle of yeah. the series, you're like, what happened? They have to have a little recap before each episode. Yep. And sometimes that gets in the way, honestly, of, mm-hmm. of enjoying the, the TV show. Because like with one show I'm watching, I won't say which, which it is, but one show that I watch pretty much every week, they had like a recap of what happened before. And then it'll be not necessarily what happened directly before in the episode before, but in the season. Okay. And then they'll, they'll have a character pop up in there, and you'll be like, oh, well, I guess he's going to make an appearance in this episode. Right. Where I would rather just not know anything about it at all and yeah. be surprised when that person comes in. That's one of the reasons why I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer for Jessica Jones Yeah. before watching it. Because a couple of the most impactful scenes to me were would have been spoiled, quite honestly, yeah. in that trailer. So, I am coming down on the part now where, okay, with Star Wars approaching, there's a lot of TV spots, there's clips that are coming out, things like that. I know. I, if I see it, okay, whatever. Like, if I go to a movie and they, they put a trailer up there that I haven't seen, fine. Or if I'm watching a TV show like a football, well, all I watch live is football. So, if yeah. I'm watching football and they put a TV spot in there, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to seek out all of these these clips that are coming out because I you get so much spoiled for you just an image I know an image like I don't know if you're like me but when I go and watch a movie and I've seen a trailer I see an image and if that image hasn't happened yet in the film and maybe the character is oh he, he's in peril no nope, he's still got to do that one thing yep so it well, ruins get, the experience. And there's so much speculation online, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just, I mean, Star Wars is probably the best example. Just because of all the different trailers, all the different scenes that are coming, everybody is so nitpicky on this scene must mean this. And this, mm-hmm. I don't want to know. Right. I want to see the trailer, and I want to appreciate for what it is. I wish they didn't put as much content in the trailer. Like the very first teaser trailer that was, we came awesome. with was the best. Mm-hmm. It didn't give anything away. Mm-hmm. Not a not a single thing. The second trailer was just really good too, though. Yes, the second but trailer was perfect as well. That's all I want to watch. Maybe I'll watch a, te- a teaser and a trailer, and I don't want to see anything else. I don't want to see TV spots. I don't want to see anything else. But why has it gotten so saturated, right? I mean, why is there not just a, a little teaser and then an official trailer? Why does it have to be teaser one, teaser two, trailer one, trailer two? I, and I then honestly, a, a, a special edition like behind the scenes. I don't want to see all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather just. See the teaser, you know, like, what, six months out, and then an official trailer maybe two months out. 
and that's your build-up. Mm-hmm. Like, with uh, Star Wars, they don't need to advertise at all. No, not even close. They, they don't even have to have trailers. They could just say, new Star Wars movie's coming out. Everybody's going to Everybody that is already going is going to be there, I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. So... So, why are we to this point? I think it's because just marketing just doesn't know what to do with themselves anymore, and are putting too much, too much out there for people to see. And way too early, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we you, well, you start buildups way too early these days. Absolutely. Like there's trailers for movies that come out like they already been years out years from yeah. now. <laughs> it's I'm never gonna remember that I saw this trailer and that I want to go see this movie in a year. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to see. One of the more updated trailers that you're going to put out closer to the movie and then make the decision whether to go or not. It's not going to impact my decision that I saw, you know, Batman versus Superman a year and some odd months before it came out. Mm-hmm. I already knew I was going to see that. Or I'll wait to see the trailer to make that decision if I don't know what that movie's about. Now, let's differentiate here because I knew I do know that there's going to be listeners like, well, I like to see footage. Footage is one thing, right? Like, if they show something at Comic-Con, it's usually like a sizzle reel. Yeah. You don't get anything about sizzle reel, and that sizzle reel, quite honestly, half of it could not even make it to the final cut of the movie. It just kind of shows what they're able to do, what things will right. kind of look like. That's fine. But when you get this close, the stuff that you see will be in the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and if you're one of those people that like that, then you can go out and you can search for that footage right. that you want. But I don't want it to be that. forced on me as just a public viewer that is trying to not keep out of the Star Wars hype, but it's like you said, if I see it, I see it. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's presented to me, I'll see it. But I'd rather just the base stuff be presented to me if I want the extra footage and, you know, teaser two, teaser three, right. special edition. I'll go search for that and I can do that. But that should be my choice, right? And right. Just, and I like, and I know you said that, like, when you're watching the, the especially TV shows on Netflix, you want to watch them almost like an extended movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Netflix does a really good job. They have that feature now where if you watch them back to back and you go through, if you finish an episode and it pops up and it says next episode is going to play and you select it, right? It will start you right after that, you know, previously on blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Or even, like, the title. Yeah, the whole intro. exactly, and I love that feature because I just go right in. I don't want to see scenes from the next episode. I don't want to see a preview of what I just watched again because, like you said, sometimes the preview gives it away mm-hmm. or who's going to make an appearance when they cut back to something that you need to remember for this. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on trailers. Uh, Speaking yeah. of trailers. Get that out. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about this. So <laughs> because, obviously, of our discussion that we just had, like I said, I like teasers and maybe one trailer. So we just got, I don't know if it was a teaser or a full trailer for Captain America Civil War. Yeah, a lot of them said official trailer. Yeah. So maybe it is the official trailer because uh, it's official, coming out in sorry, May. Official trailer number one. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be like 17. <laughs> Implying that there's going to be at least a number two. Yeah. So in this trailer, which I watched, and I'm good until May 6th when this movie comes out, mm-hmm. honestly, because I was already good. I was going to see this movie yeah. already. But the footage that they showed, man, impactful. Very. So, you know, with this movie coming out, I and Star Wars, I, I'm guaranteeing that this is going to be a trailer before Star Wars because it's, it's, it's Disney that owns both of those. Marvel's going to have their trailer ahead of this, and then we might even get a trailer for Rogue One. So now, are you talking about 
this same trailer that we just saw for Civil War today? I think so. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, this that one just okay. came out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're going to have, you know, you have five months after Star Wars comes out until this movie comes out. So why not wait? Till when? Till Til, Star Wars? Till Star Wars to release this as a trailer. You know the eyes of the world are going to be in the theater watching. Know. Why would why would you release this? This was trailer? such a low... Po- I didn't even know that this trailer was coming out. Was the, Did you know that it was coming out? I just... When I was on Twitter last night, I saw it. And I was like, oh, there it is. It just randomly drops like a soft open. I don't like that. I would rather... If this is a big deal, and it is a big deal. Because this is like... Like, I knew the Star Wars trailer was coming. Well, well, right, but that's we like knew the, that was the biggest yeah. of deals, right? But this, this, this should have been a big deal. It should and for be. it to just kind of fizzle out, and then you just came up like, hey, have you seen the trailer for Civil War? No. I didn't even know that it came out. And there, and sure enough, it's just all over YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I would have preferred that they, I mean, where are we? We're less than a month away. From Star Wars. From Star Wars. Why not just show it for the very first time, that and Rogue One, during the previews of Star Wars? You know what I want to see? Is a and after Star Wars is over, when the the credits are gone, a trailer for Rogue One. Oh, that'd be nice. Like at the end credits, like they do for Marvel. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be good. I want to see a trailer for Rogue One, like coming next year. Rogue One. The, have there been any hints? Have you probably been keeping out of it? Have there been any hints that there's going to be a trailer for Rogue One, I or doubt there's it. going to be any I, end credit scenes? I doubt it. I don't even remember if Rogue One is coming out in the summer or winter next year. Is the Han Solo movie coming out before or after that? Or? That'll be after episode eight. Okay, so we got a ways to go for that yeah. one. So well, we already know about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing <laughs> we know about it, and we know about the the titles and things like that, which is fine, whatever. It's just when they show a lot of, a lot of content from the film, mm-hmm. that's where it gets to the point where it's oversaturating. Not not oversaturating, but. It lessens the impact that the directors and actors would like to present you yep. in the film in the proper setting. Right. Like, I didn't need to see certain scenes and clips in some of the Star Wars trailers. I just didn't need to see them. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred to see them for the very first time on the big screen. Um, and just based on all the footage and trailers that we've seen, we can kind of make a pretty good assumption of the entire storyline from start to finish and how it's going to go. You know, adding to that, it, what's interesting is everybody's talking about who's not in the trailer, who's not in the posters, and that's Luke Skywalker, right? Right. Hamill's not in any of the in the promotional stuff. Visually, right. Visually. And I love that. I, I love the fact that when we get to see Luke for the first time, it's going to be the exact way that J.J. Abrams wants us to see him. Yeah. Not in a trailer, not in this and that. Obviously... The impact was there when Han Solo and Chewie showed up in the teaser for Star Wars. Now, do you think they even should have kept them under wraps too? What about just having, what about just having their voice? You know what I mean? Like, why, why show them at all? Same thing with Leia. We didn't even see her in the first trailer. We just saw her in the most recent one. We saw her hand, just like we saw Luke's robotic hand. But she was in the most recent trailer. Her face. Mm-hmm. Why not just keep all of them under? Because I think that. You want them all to make their their entrance into that movie is going to make it an impact, right? But to that same point, they would want to not satiate, but reconfirm to the old fans—not the old fans, the the fans of the original trilogy—that look, the original cast is here and it's back, and this is mm-hmm. what's happening. I just love the fact that we haven't seen Luke. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I know it's gonna. He's, his appearance is gonna make an impact. Have you seen any of the uh, pictures online about him? Mm-mm. Okay, good. I've, I've tried to. Any, Unfortunately, any I have. Stuff. Any of that stuff I try to stay away from. But it's hard because you go to one site yep. and they'll be like, oh, hey, it's a thumbnail image. Click here. Yeah, it's like redirects you and mm-hmm. it's like, look, look, look at Luke. Mm-hmm. So I've seen some pictures. I've seen things. I've seen things. I'm glad you haven't, though. But I agree with you. I think the impact of seeing Luke for the first time is going to be similar to the way, like, we'll talk about A New Hope when they they didn't even know at the time, but how they introduced Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, yeah. walking around the robe, and then he's just, you, you kind of hear the music when he unveils himself, and it's like, maybe that was more a tribute to Alec Guinness at the time, right, because he was a big, he was a big deal, um, as opposed to everybody else in the film, but. Well, Alex, that's a great, great segue for us to go ahead and talk about our entertaining thoughts a few times (laughs) let's talk about our entertaining thoughts for this week star wars that's it that's it star wars and then in, in 1997, 1977. in 1977, in 1997, it was surnamed or subtitled, I should say, A New Hope, because everything was getting subtitles at that point to kind of keep things straight, right? Mm-hmm. This is the movie that started it all. This is the movie that, when people think of Star Wars, this is a lot of people's favorite movie. This is the one where, you know, it, full spoilers, if you haven't seen Star Wars, this is going to be completely discussion. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you're like 40 years late. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to be all across the board in this because I, I, there, I can't focus on just the path of this movie. I just this the stuff that happens, right? So let's talk about Luke. Okay. That's the reason why a lot of people like this movie is because of Luke or Han, right? With Luke, you can apply him to you and your situations and any situations you were growing up as a kid because this is a kid movie. This is a movie geared towards teens, young teens, and and kids below that. Right. But it was so stunning. In, and the effects and everything from the day that it had a broader appeal because it was just so fantastic. And you could tell that, and like I said, I'm going to jump all over the place here, from the opening scene in this movie with the the Tentative Four, the blockade runner, yep. being chased by this immense Star Destroyer. And the, the music, they're like, da, 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 da. It just keeps going, and this, this ship just keeps coming across the yep. screen. It's just... So good. Anyway, let's get back to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so, the the journey of Luke, the hero's journey, right? And we know that Lucas used a lot of, like, uh, Hidden Fortress and Seven Samurai and a lot of the Kurosawa movies. And he had a lot of influences that informed what Star Wars became. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Luke's journey and why people can relate with Luke, right? Luke is a... A teen, right? He wants to, he wants to go. He wants to go to college. He wants to go understand the world. He wants to see things beyond the little speck of a planet that he's on. Right. But he can't because his family, his uncle, you know, needs him around yep. to help working with this and that. So with his journey, right, he has to. He's reluctant when Obi Wan says, "Learn the ways of the Force. This is your father's lightsaber. Come with me. Understand the the." This background. Yep. But he's reluctant. Because he's he, like, he has a duty. I can't do that. I got to get yeah. home for dinner and I got to do this. I got to get some blue milk. Yeah. 
he's 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 got duty, a sense of duty that keeps him from accepting his destiny at the beginning. But you know, he travels through and he goes he experiences the loss. We all experience loss in our lives. He experiences a loss that forces him, that motivates him to look and see what else there is. That helps him follow Ben, follow Obi-Wan to understand the force to understand the galaxy. And that was such a powerful line, right? When he sees that his aunt and uncle have been murdered. Mm-hmm. And he gets in the speeder. He goes right back to where Obi-Wan is. And the very first thing he says to him is like, I want to learn the ways of the Force, and I want to become a Jedi like my father. There's nothing for me here. There's nothing for me. Well, I mean, outside of him being able to leave his planet, it's just, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I know it now. That's, it's just, it's awesome. That was a great line. And mm-hmm. very underplayed, too. It's mm-hmm. just, it was perfect. So you follow the journey of Luke. He he goes down this path. He has this mentor. His mentor eventually dies. But the before mentor... Before his eyes. Yeah, before his eyes even. And that rhymed. <laughs> nice. Just saying. <laughs> so his mentor eventually dies. He watches it happen. And, you know, he has the, the force ghost kind of thing in his head for Obi-Wan talking to him. Mm-hmm. That can also be applied to... If you have someone that's taught you, a teacher in the past, or some sort of mentor, you carry around what they tell you, and they kind of act as part of your conscience. So that was just kind of a way to portray that. Yeah, you don't hear them like you do. Right. Like, but figuratively, you hear them. They're with you. They're right. in your head, and it's like, what would he say if he was here? Right. And you talk about, like, let's say you know a son is really close to his father, and they grow up, yep. and his father has passed away. But he thinks about how his father would handle something, or he remembers something about what his father told him one time when it was something that he needed to hear, right? Something that motivated him, something that helped him. That's kind of what they portrayed here with that, the voice. Absolutely. And then what does he do? Like he's he's he goes down this path and ultimately is confronted with this this huge space station that's going to destroy him, his friends, everybody he knows, the entire galaxy, and it's up to him. To take it out. He wasn't... That wasn't the plan. The plan was that these other guys were going to take care of it. I was just going to fight... You know, I was just going to be up here helping where I could. But the burden of responsibility falls to Luke to trust in the Force, to trust in what he can do with his abilities, not these augments of the technology, and really be able to destroy the Death Star. A seemingly ordinary person is put in an extraordinary situation. Right. He found his Death Star and blew it up, right? And that's what one of the things that people talk about when why they like this movie is they they refer to something difficult in their life as their Death Star. They gotta find their Death Star and blow it up, right? So you go through this journey, this hero's journey of Luke being a, a reluctant kid. I was gonna go to the station, get some power converted. I mean, you know, he, he was whiny. He was, yeah. and he is in this movie. But he goes through, and honestly. <laughs> I know a lot of kids that range, and that's pretty spot on how they act. He does a very good job, for, especially for the time period, right, 1977. The acting, him and Alec Guinness, perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely, just spot on. Mm-hmm. Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about him. Brilliant actor. Oh. The way he delivered his lines, that's... That's the weight that he carried, right? Yep. What he said, his lines, and just his presence on the screen. He wasn't... I mean, we, we <laughs> when Obi-Wan was fighting Vader on the Death Star, 
I was just thinking because like we just watched the tr- the prequels. Yeah. So I was just thinking, man, like a couple weeks ago he was flipping around. They were on a volcano. Yep. You know, and now he's just like. <laughs> just... Well, Obi Wan is old. Obi Wan is old. And he's Vader been a hermit is... for like what twenty something years. Yeah. And then Vader is mostly machine now because his his body was damaged in that fight on the. Even though it was obviously a technological limitation at the time, which is why they looked the way that they did the lightsaber battles, they were a lot more less intense than we're used to in the prequel tr- trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty accurate based on who was fighting and where right. they were physically. So, so that fight is the first time we see a lightsaber fight, mm-hmm. and they just they always get better. As they go on, because like when episode five it gets better, episode six gets better, and then the prequels just goes to a whole other level, right? But it was the first time we saw the lightsabers in action. We, yet we saw him, Luke, turn on his lightsaber in in Ben's hut, right? Mm-hmm. First time we got to see the lightsaber, and just kind of understand what it was. It's this, it's a laser sword, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of the, in my opinion, the coolest weapon ever. Fantasy or otherwise. It's just a lightsaber is the most amazing thing in the world. And I actually like the way they look in the original trilogy. The little more, Yeah, because they they would waver, right? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be a perfectly controlled, you know, stick of light. That's not how it would look at all, right? And that's what they do in Rebels. They replicate that look that you get in episode four. And I do like, I I noticed in Rebels they were like, yeah, it's got a switch over here. You can adjust it to your height. And, you know, I think that's just awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, go on. So coolest weapon ever. Coolest weapon ever. Hands I mean, down. it is quite possibly my favorite. That stormtroopers, probably one of my my favorite thing from the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, X wings are up there too. Obviously, yeah. Sith Jedi. You know that whole thing. But lightsabers, gotta be number one. Love them. They're yeah. so cool. This is the first time we get to see them. Technically, I mean, in progression of time. Yeah. And, you know, for, for being the first movie that was actually made and developed, Obi-Wan tells Luke and vicariously through Luke, the audience, what we need to know about the galaxy, about the dark times, about the Empire, they're evil, about Jedi, they were protectors. You know, they, they were the ones that were... Fallen protectors. Yeah. And that, you know, everything you need to know about the Force was just given to you right there. Mm-hmm. But... Obviously, and he does a really good job demonstrating right. the type of uh, abilities that you can have if you've mastered the ways of the Force, how he mind controls uh, some of the stormtroopers, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, it's just, I, I'm very interested in the Force. If I had to pick one thing, you picked lightsabers, I would pick Force powers. Well, you probably can't have a lightsaber without the Force, so we're on the same page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think of... I've been talking a lot. What do you think of, let's say, Princess Leia? She immediately presents herself as a strong female character. Mm-hmm. And that's not because of a political status. That's just because she's a strong female character. And I think that resonates with a lot of people, especially back in 1977, right? Um, she's uh, beautiful. She's mm-hmm. a strong character. She's uh, politically strong, right? She's got a lot of pull. She's a princess by by title. Right. But in the very first, one of the very first scenes, Vader basically calls her out and says, 
you're part of a rebel alliance and you're a traitor. But Take her she's away. also is entrusted with, you know, a lot of responsibility as an, uh, you know, a rebel uh, alliance member. But she's one of the top. She's immediately a big player. She's only 17, or I think, right? <laughs> I supposed know. to be 17. Yeah, absolutely. So I love the Princess Leia character. I think I like her better than uh, any of the other female characters, and I, I haven't met some of the new female characters. But Princess Leia is definitely my favorite. Um, she's strong, very willed, uh, will-powered, and just... Tenacious. Yeah, very. She, when they're breaking her out, she has to actually save them by, like, well, someone's got to save our skins and mm-hmm. get them get an exit. Yeah, it's just one foot is always in front of the next. She's never taking a step back, and she doesn't need to. She's smart. She's confident, yeah. Exactly. So I love the character. She's she's. A I wish great she would have character. been in more of yeah. the of at least the initial movie. In the initial movie, she, yeah, she's not a lot because they have to they have to find her. They have to rescue her. Right. But as as we'll find in you know in the coming weeks, she becomes more of a character. She mm-hmm. becomes a bigger player, I should say. And I thought Carrie Fisher did a great job acting mm-hmm. as well. So what did you think of Han Solo? So nineteen seventy seven Harrison Ford. Where are we at on the time frame for Indiana Jones? This he is hasn't, before. This is before, like a year or two before. I think Raiders is 79. 79, or it might be early 80s, 80, 81. So this is before we really know who Harrison Ford is mm-hmm. as an actor. And <laughs> Raiders was 81. 81. Okay, so definitely, definitely before Raiders. Yeah, I think the only movie that you saw Harrison Ford in before this was um, Lucas's other film. What was it called? Uh, it's about cars. American Graffiti. <laughs> As you can see, it's a hot title, and we <laughs> definitely recognize Harrison Ford from that. But he's a smuggler, mm-hmm. right? And the key word... He's a scoundrel. A scoundrel. But in, in the key word is smug, right? <laughs> he has that look. He has that smug look. That, But also, at the same time, he's very charming. Mm-hmm. And he tries to charm Java. Java? Um, yeah. <laughs> Pizza the Hut. <laughs> um, but he, I mean, he's he's perfect for the role visually, and the way that he delivers his lines, very sassy, very smug with his facial expressions. Again, perfect cast, and and I love the character too. But uh, I think I, in the first movie, even I like Han more than I like Luke, and that changes. Don't worry, listeners, that changes. But I liked Han is probably. Obi-Wan's up there. Obi-Wan's my favorite. I'm not going to discredit Alec Guinness. Han is definitely my second favorite character. Obi-Wan. It's, you, you can't. You can't. Obi-Wan is the best Star Wars character. He's my favorite by far. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Harrison Ford, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Harrison Ford, Han Solo. I mean, he is captain of the Millennium Falcon. He is... Oh, you mean that piece of junk? <laughs> he is... Like, <laughs> that's where he is. I'm, I'm, I'm Captain Millennium Falcon. He's like, my ship them at the Kessel Run. You ever heard of it? Parsecs. Exactly. <laughs> so he's one of the one of the best characters because he... Like you said, he's smug. He's, he's just witty, funny. He'll banter with anybody. He banters with Luke. He banters with Obi-Wan. He banters with Leia. I mean, sweetheart. Yeah, and just the way he talks to him, and then he has the, you know, the, the great relationship with with Chewbacca. We get Chewbacca. Yeah. You know, Han's there doing his thing, and then 
we we see and I forgot this. We see Chewbacca first, because Chewbacca talks to Obi Wan at the bar, and yep. then like he's a first mate of a ship that can get us to Alderaan. So it's just Han Solo is such a great character. How and do you think he communicated with Chewie there? Oh, they just they they know <laughs> they know they know. It's all right. They they've been up with each other for so long. They understand each other really well. It's just I wish that Han Solo. He, he progresses as well as, you know, anybody else does as, as the movies continue. I just wish that in this first movie, he had a little bit more, like, action. Like, he, because mm-hmm. he had a lot. I mean, he has the, the great the detention center thing. Like, he shoots all the, they shoot all these cameras out, which takes him a few seconds. It's like, man, they shoot out a lot of cameras. Yeah. And then, like, everything's fine here. We're all, we're all fine here. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> okay, that, that is just so great. He's got, like the best lines yeah and he delivers them to perfection yeah um and with with this i just and you see as luke becomes a jedi and he be, be progresses he starts out as this person who's like you know i've been all across the galaxy and i have never seen any one thing called the force or that directs my life it's all a whole bunch of nonsense and hijinks and you can tell that exactly because how's he get out of his situation it's just nonsense and hijinks right yeah and then as we'll progress on these other movies, he gets to understand. And as we saw in the trailer, you know, it's all true. All of it. Yeah. The dark side. Well, that's how everything. far he's come from this very first episode, episode four, where he cares, obviously, just about himself. He doesn't believe, like you said, any of that. He's like, I don't think there's one all-powerful force. Mm-hmm. But the journey changes him. Yeah. Obi-Wan. Now, there's <laughs> a name I haven't heard since... For a very long time. Right, very long time. Anyway. It's the best. I love Obi-Wan as a character. Great great mentor. He's like the old wizard character that pulls up, you know, the, the young boy and treats, trains him how to become another wizard type thing, right? Even They even call him, oh, that old Hermit's a crazy old wizard. Leave him alone or something like that. Yep. And I love the fact when he when Luke first sees him, he's like, I think, I think this old droid's related to you. You ever heard of, of, of a Obi-Wan Kenobi? And he's like, Obi-Wan. You know, that's the name I haven't yeah. heard in a long time. He's like, we think he, my Uncle Owen thinks he might be dead. Like, oh, he's not dead. He's me. I, I love the way he, like, delivers that line. Like, yep. Just that smug look in his eyes, and he points to himself, and just the way he tells his, his stories, too, you know? Because we know, obviously, that uh, I don't remember recalling this in Revenge of the Sith, where they're fighting and dueling, and... Obi Wan or Anakin says, "Hey, give Luke my lightsaber. I want him to have it when he's old enough." I don't see that happening. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he was too busy with burning and not dying. But he, but he's he, trying he not to tarnish the right. memory of his father. He, he doesn't, doesn't even want to tell him that he's alive. Or that obviously, right? He's just like he betrayed and murdered your father, which, figuratively speaking, he did. maybe happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I'm trying to. You know, it's kind of a funny thing. It's like, oh, your father wanted you to have this. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure you I just watched know. episode three. It didn't look like it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he's he's being the, you know, you must come with me if you love to learn the ways of the horse. You know, you must. It's one of those things where he is, he knows that Luke is ready to learn. That he, he needs to learn at this point. Yes. It's no mistake that Obi-Wan is on Tatooine. Oh, no. That close to Luke. He's been there overlooking him ever since he was a baby, and he was placed in the care of his aunt and uncle, right? And then he he finally meets him, or maybe they met before, and he just doesn't remember Luke because he was younger. 
meets him face to face. He helps him out with the sand people. And then the droid, obviously we don't see him recognize R2-D2 or C-3PO, but they get the message from Princess Leia from Senator Organa, and then it's all starting to work together. And I think Obi-Wan sees his opportunity. It's like, I've been alone here by myself. Now's the time. He's the he's the person. He's the new hope mm-hmm. that we need. It's time to kick it back into gear. Let's awaken this force. <laughs> I'm just trying to throw out all sorts of stuff here. Before the Empire strikes back <laughs> exactly. when you return to the Jedi. <laughs> so it's, it was perfect acting on Alec Guinness's part, and I'm glad that he was able to bring the weight that he did to that role. Mm-hmm. Let's... Let's balance this this force from the light side to the dark side. So I'm showing you I'm showing you a picture of the guy that was supposed to be cast as Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, Toshiro Minafune. And it's a Japanese guy. He looks very wise, very sage, right? But I'm glad it was just just because he had a. I mean, Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Obi Wan. Think about that name. That's sounds very Japanese. I'm glad it wasn't though. I'm glad it was Alec Guinness. I'm glad it was Ewan McGregor. I'm it it needed to be that type of a character, not the 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 Japanese type of a character, the one that we just looked at is very sage, that was a Yoda character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But anyway. We'll get to him next yeah, week. Yeah. So we've talked about Obi Wan. Let's talk about Darth Vader. Hmm. The first time we see Darth Vader, you know, when he comes in on the ship, it's being boarded. He comes in, looks around, sees the, yeah. Hands on his hips. (laughs) Puts his hands on his hips, looking around. (laughs) And they're, you you think about what we've seen in Rebels, right? That kind of informs this a little bit. The opening scroll says that the Empire lost the plans. The the Rebels had had their first victory. So, obviously, because of the Rebels having success... You know, Inquisitors, their time is done. Now Vader goes in to settle this. The Emperor has probably sent him in to directly to take care of this, find those plans, and just close this book, right? Yep. Because the Emperor can probably, for sense, like, well, there's a problem here. So he comes in, and because he's there, there's a lot of weight in the situation that we know because of Rebels, because of the prequels. Before that, we didn't really know. We just thought that he was another bad guy. But now that we know that he's number two in the galaxy, pretty much, that he is on this ship means stuff's getting real. Mm-hmm. And they, the first time he's addressed, he's addressed as Lord Vader, not Darth Vader. Leia addresses him as Darth for the very first time, mm-hmm. but Lord Vader. That's how you can kind of tell his status at that point. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's the Imperial officers who address him as Lord, because right. that would be the rank. And the way that he's dressed indicates that he's some kind of a captain, right? Some mm-hmm. kind of a leader. He's got a cape, obviously. He's got a cape and a helmet, of course. <laughs> no one can look that BA and not be their status, you know, be high up there. So So we know that he can force choke. But he doesn't for this this first guy. He just picks him up. It's like, yeah, where are they at? Where are the plans? You know. Yes. Tear the ship apart. I want them alive. You know, it's... <laughs> have you watched the video where it's the David Prowse, the actor of mm-hmm. Darth Vader, doing the lines? Uh-uh. It's, it's, it's completely different than Does what we Does he get. hear James Earl Jones in his head or anything like no, that? No, James Earl Jones was after all of that. Wow. So they, they added James Earl Jones in to record the dialogue later on. He was actually, uh, in 77, uncredited for this movie. 
So did David Prowse say the lines? Mm-hmm. Said all of them. Okay. And then Lucas was like, mm, we want a different voice. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, get someone better. <laughs> that was his first foray into foray into special editions. Was just overdubbing a voice, right? <laughs> so Darth Vader continues on. He's taking control of the ship. We see that Star Destroyer there. He goes in. He's on the Death Star. He's... I'm not sure who's in control, really, on the Death Star. Tarkin, obviously, is in control. Yeah. Is Vader beneath Tarkin? Or are they kind of on the same field? Or is it different? It appears that Tarkin is above Vader. At least... As far as a commanding point of view. Yeah, at least in control of what happens on the Death Star, because he commands him to release that other officer from Force Release Show, him. And he complies. So, it appears as if Tarkin is in control. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> but, but it's like, how much is he really in control against somebody like Darth Vader? Mm-hmm. You know? That's... Do you feel in control? <laughs> Is that was that a, 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 that's Bane, a, Bane line. a Bane reference? That's what I'm saying. Do you feel in control? Yeah, it's like how much does he feel in control? I mean, maybe it doesn't matter because at the end of wasn't at the end of episode three that we see the Emperor, Darth Vader, and, and Tarkin. Tarkin. Mm-hmm. That's the three right there. So maybe they're on the same level, or maybe Vader respects him enough to just he's in control of the stuff on the Death Star. I take care of what the Emperor tells me to. And Tarkin's been around for a long time. Oh, he yeah. was in the Clone Wars. He fought with Jedi in the Clone Wars. He, he was in Rebels, and yep. he encountered them. So Tarkin is a big character. Let's talk about Peter Cushing, the guy that played Admiral, or Grand Moff Tarkin. What do you what do you think about Tarkin? We've, we've had Sir Alec Guinness is kind of the Tarkin on the other side mm-hmm. um, with you know the, the weight that they bring to the role. What are your impressions of Tarkin? Well, I... It, it, for the time period, right, the actor is aged and very in control. He's, uh, I don't really know how else to describe him. He's he's very in control. He's very merciless. Yeah, it's just... You're far too trusting. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows exactly what he's going to do before he does it, especially that, that was a perfect example. It's like, you know, tell us where the rebel base is. And she tells him, okay, blow up the... You may fire when ready. Yeah. Blow it up anyway. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that scene, I think Leia just saw her entire, everything she knew blow up. I feel like there should have been more of a reaction on her. Like, everybody just died. Including everything. her parents. Yeah. Well, her adopted parents. Well, everything parents, you yeah. knew has been blown away. Don't you think that that, like, breaks you? Like, fall to the floor, crying? Like, and then... Do you show that weakness, though? You'd have to at that point. I mean, look, you can be as strong as you want to be. If your planet is blown up and everybody, everything you've ever known is now gone, you're broken. I, I don't disagree with you. And I, I'm just surprised that she doesn't have any sort of... Like, she's like, no, that, that's it. Yeah. We're peaceful. We don't have no weapons. Do you have another target, a military target? Then name the system. You know? And so she's like, oh, damn, to me. What? 
And that her reaction was just. I needed. That's the one criticism I have of Carrie Fisher. In the sure. Movie, is just that. I can it, see that. It's not necessarily of Carrie Fisher. It's probably of the, the direction that she got. Maybe. That yeah. she just needed to have a little bit more reaction. Mm-hmm. I think more people in 1977 had more of a reaction to the special effect of the planet being blown up, which mm-hmm. was. That's impressive. 1977. Yep. That was a very good special effect. I think more people might have had more of a, a reaction to that than Carrie Fisher did to her home world being blown up in front of her eyes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can definitely see it could have been the direction that she was given or it could have been it could have been like, hey, you're a strong character. These are the two people that you're trying to, you know, the, the, you're basically in. This is the, the empire that you're trying to take down. Don't show them weakness. Just, you know, obviously you're going to protest because it's in your nature. It's your home mm-hmm. planet, but don't make it a big production. Don't fall to the ground. Start crying. Don't show them that they've broken you. Maybe that's the direction she was given. Mm-hmm. But I know what you mean. Obviously, right? <laughs> if we want we want more emotion from her in that time. So I understand. <laughs> so continuing on, we have we have talked about all the big characters. Let's talk about the Death Star. The the attack on the Death Star, and why wouldn't the Empire just blow up Yavin and then blow up the moon? It's like they're orbiting the planet, and then they, you know, the whole battle ensues, and then they blow up, or at least try to blow up the Yavin 4. But why don't they just go up there and be like, we'll be in range in 30 minutes. Fire when ready. Blow up the planet, yep. and then like I say, we're in range now. Yeah, I think it was a, a, a skit that I saw uh, online at some point. <laughs> but maybe the Death Star, the first Death Star here, maybe it's got a really long recharge rate, a reload time. <laughs> yeah, man, it would take him about fifty minutes to charge up. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, okay, we'll go with that. But it's just kind of funny. It's the, they have to orbit the planet, and it's ominous, right? It's kind of looming as you see it approaching. You know, Yavin, and then about to go into orbit of the planet to mm-hmm. get in sight, to get in sight of the Yavin Four Moon, and then we have the the Rebel Space, right? The Rebel Base, that is a ragtag group of people mm-hmm. in in these jumpsuits, and they have these Y wings and these X wings, and they're going to go do battle. They're going to desperate go fight. times, right? You mm-hmm. grab whoever is willing and able. I mean, Luke just shows up, and now he's like, ah, Red 5, standing by. He's in, a, he's in an X-Wing in the space. Did he get vetted properly before this? Hey, he helped the princess. Uh, that was his vetting process. It's like, yeah, you helped me, you're good to go. I'm like, yeah. Well, he, they know that he has the bravery, and he's pro- he proved that by saving the princess. So that's, that's basically all that they need, right? He's an able-bodied person. And he's a very brave person, so he's not going to blink or, you know, turn the ship around in the middle of the, the, the battle on the Death Star. He's going to go all in, and that's the type of people that they need. Yes, they're not properly trained. No way. But but they they analyze the, the weaknesses of the Death Star. They see that there's a small exhaust port, no bigger than a, than a womp rat, you know. <laughs> Which, by the way, Luke, bullseye, and womp set. Romp, Luke? bullseyeing womp rats in his T-16 <laughs> back home. What else could you have done with your time instead of bullseyeing womp Get rats? Get really good rat. at bullseyeing womp rats, that's what, yeah. So, he he says, you know, that's, we can do that, that's no problem. And so, 
their chain reaction causes the entire Death Star to blow up, and then to stop this, Vader gets out there. They send they send Vader in two of their ties, and he takes out everybody except Luke, right? Mm-hmm. He damages uh, Wedge, and Wedge kind of go ahead and he leaves. He's like, nothing else I can do. You could fly interference and take bullets from me still, but or lasers for me, right. but there's nothing else you can do. So when when Vader comes in, you know he he can't lock on to Luke. Like he's just he's doing evasive maneuvers, I guess, going down the trench. And he just can't lock into him. Then he has him, and then all of a sudden, Han Solo comes in to save the day. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! <laughs> So, Perfect. So he comes in there, and uh, Vader's like, what? And he spirals out of control. You know, in 77, people didn't know if he was alive or dead. Like, right, they, There I'm was sure. a thing goes like, Vader lives or something like that. And so I'm glad that he didn't get killed off in this movie, for one thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That he's just flying out there, and then he'll come back later on in the sequels. Because he is such a character, Vader is, mm-hmm. that you don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. But, you don't want to pull a Darth Maul years early. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> so I'm glad that Vader kind of gets spiraled out. He's he's free of the Death Star. He doesn't have to worry about the Death Star blowing up and killing him, too. Meanwhile, Tarkin, you know, they're like, there is an, there is an issue. Uh, you, do you want me to ready your attack, your uh, your ship? Like, evacuate in a moment of triumph? So overconfident in his ability uh, to... to Take out the rebels, right? To to decimate the whole thing, he just stays on there. So I guess he's a captain going down with his ship, you know what I mean? But it's one of the things that I just think it's always funny is like that whole scene, evacuate in a moment of triumph, and then like two seconds later, <laughs> hey, captain goes down with the ship, right? Yeah, that was that was how he was, and. He's uh, going to be back in the uh, Rogue One I hope movie, so. I heard. They said he's going to be uh, reanimated using CGI, <laughs> but it's going to be the same actor. So, be interesting. I think Rogue One's probably going to end up being the opening scroll of this movie uh, brought into a um, It's going to be very a visual. Yeah. <laughs> Considering he looked that old in 1977. Yeah. That'd be interesting. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. So, Luke uses the Force... Blows up the Death Star. They all get medals except for Chewbacca. Why doesn't Chewbacca get a medal? He was he was a big part too. Cause it's like he's a dog, right? He's cons- maybe maybe social status. He's a dog. And you don't give a dog a medal. I think Leia is speciesist because she calls him a walking carpet. You know, earlier on, and, you know, I, I I just think that Chewbacca's got a hard time because everybody except Han, maybe even Luke. Are like against him, yeah. They're like they don't give him any medals, man. Well, he's I like, mean, he's, like, he's one of the only other Wookies that's left, right? So, well, yeah. As far as you know, in this in this period, right, is like he's the only one that we see in the original trilogy. Yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to add on Star Wars? When do you think Vader sensed or knew that Obi-Wan. Luke was his son? Oh. Because he, know, he knows he senses Obi-Wan, right, when they're on the Death Star. But, like, when they're in space and the attack on the Death Star at the very end, he's chasing Luke. He doesn't appear to sense Luke. And that could be because it wasn't really written in that that's 
who he was going to be at the time. Vader doesn't know that that's his son at that point. Luke Skywalker. He doesn't know his name is Luke Skywalker. That's true. He doesn't even know his name. But he doesn't sense him, though. The comic, Darth Vader or Star Wars, the current run, Mm -hmm. goes into that because it takes place right after episode four. So you'll find out. You find out when Vader knows in that comic. That was my only question. (laughs) Well, next week we will be continuing on our journey to the Force Awakens, which is now even closer as we discuss Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. Alex, anything going on with you? Anybody, anything that you want to share? Twitter, whatever. Oh yeah, I'm on Twitter, at uh, d o u e one h one. I'm also on Xbox, same d o u e one h one is my gamer tag. Hit me up in some Battlefront if we want to get our Star Wars fix on. <sighs> Battlefront's so fun. Usually like running around as Emperor Palpatine. Yes. You will die. Hurling at people and then hovering above them and just striking them with Sith lightning. Hovering above them, going behind them. And <laughs> Have we played yet? Not together. Hmm. We gotta do that. We gotta do that. I guess great... I can be Lord Vader to your Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Or you can be Boba. I do. I do enjoy playing with Boba. <laughs> Having that jetpack is nice. Jetpack all over the place. And burning people. Mm-hmm. He's actually got a pretty pretty good range of stuff, but I Emperor I like playing as Vader too. I like playing as all the villains. You like the Emperor because of the stigma of you are playing as Emperor Palpatine, and you probably—I can imagine—you talk like him, don't you? So you get on the mic with your teammates and be like, "I'm going to kill all the Jedi." <laughs> that was my best uh, imitation of it, right there. The rebels will die. Yeah, it's—it's <laughs> um, it's so fun. It's a great game. So yeah, you are on Xbox, and I am on Xbox. I am on Xbox at. Spider Jedi, you can add me up there. Let's play some Battlefront. Let's, let's. I'm always on Destiny too. I know, horrible. Let's go ahead and defeat <laughs> some Rebel scum. And then I am on Twitter at Sith Nightmare. S I T H K N I G H T M A R E. The show is on Twitter at Entertaining Pod, and you can also send us an email. That's entertaining at gmail dot com. T-H-A-T-S-E-N-T-E-R-T-A-N-I-N-G at gmail.com. Question for listeners this week. I don't have one already thought up on this, so I'm going to think it up on the fly. Which is your favorite ship between the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter? Which do you prefer, X-Wing or TIE Fighter? Are you asking me? Sure. Easy. X-Wing. Yes. Even though I'm an Empire guy, I love the X-Wings. X-Wings are... And if you look at the, the stats, X-Wings have shields, X-Wings have astromech droids, and... Maybe if you maybe compared it to, like, a, a flying ship. <laughs> maybe you could do, like, a, a TIE Interceptor. But, like, the base TIE Fighter? Man, you can't get more janky than that. Yeah. TIE Interceptor is more of a more of a match. That's like a cannon fodder ship. You know what I mean? That's like, go take bullets for us, ship. No. <laughs> yeah. So we both prefer the X-Wing. Dear listener, which do you prefer, the X-Wing or the TIE Fighter, as portrayed in Star Wars? A New Hope, I guess I'll say that. (laughs) So we look forward to talking again with you next week as we discuss The Empire Strikes Back. Until then, we hope that you have been entertained. Entertained.